Following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, Brian Broaddus, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday, September 6th, 2023, season 19, episode number 25. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We're live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star, presented by blockchain.com. Let's go ahead and give no. them their, their attribution <laughs> here the early in the show. <laughs> and we'll get this thing rolling. Thank you guys for joining us. We got a lot we got to get into week today. Week one, huh? We're in week one. We are definitely in week one, and it's the fun Miller time of the Light, year because the now we... The beer of the Dallas Cowboys. Ambar's in well, mid-season form. Miller Lite is not our sponsor, but... <laughs> when but, did that change? Have you not been paying attention? Do we not say that every show? No, not since... Are you since, serious? Not no. since the end of last, not last season, no. Oh, my God. Well... <laughs> Somebody's not. Welcome to the break. Yeah. Amber. It's just one of those things that is just my ear turns into autopilot. Can't see, can't hear. Like, it's just, it's getting bad. Age is catching up to you. (laughs) Mid-season four. (laughs) Age is catching up to you. All right. Sorry. Here's what we're going to do today. We got to talk about some injury updates. Uh, Patrick's going to give us an update on Tyler Smith. Let, just so everyone knows, at this current moment, Mike McCarthy is also talking to the media. So we've got our, our trusty, uh, our trusted uh, reporters, Nick Eatman, Nick Harris, that are also in that press conference, they'll be giving us some updates as well. So Patrick may at some point revise whatever he says at this point with regards to uh, the injury status of a few players. But let's talk first about Taylor, Tyler Smith. Uh, what do we know based on what we'd known yesterday about his MRI? Well, it looks as if uh, based on yesterday it's being described as a hamstring strain. But like Broadus said uh, before uh, we came online, uh, that's no different from what the Cowboys um, – their diagnosis was on Monday when he exited practice. So that kind of falls in line with what Jerry was saying on Tuesday when he spoke on 105.3 FM The Fan and saying that as of yesterday, he didn't have any concern about Tyler Smith's availability for Sunday night. We'll see if that changes here in real time when McCarthy starts speaking. And if so, then we'll update you guys uh, before the show is over. Uh, Sam Williams, obviously no change there as well as we know it prior to McCarthy speaking and prior to practice Um, getting underway uh, within the next hour or so. He's dealing with the turf toe. Uh, There's optimism there, but not nearly as much as you'd see probably from Tyler Smith. Um, And then from there, Donovan Wilson, uh, no change in what we know from yesterday, but today is going to be one of the bigger days for him. This is where the Cowboys really kick things up in practice. So let's see if he's still on the cords as he was on Monday or if he uh, takes part in even individual drills, which would be a step forward for him. Yeah, we. uh, I guess that we will find out uh, today on all three of those guys, because they will be back out of practice. We'll start seeing a little bit more of how they're moving uh, and probably get more of an update on uh, on how they're progressing throughout the week uh, heading into this first game. Let's let's start turning the page to the, the Giants. And we're going to talk about the Giants here in the second segment. Brian's going to give us a scouting notebook. We're going to talk today specifically about the Cowboys offense versus the Giants defense. But before we do that, I'd like to at least lay out for fans what we think are the biggest storylines for the Cowboys heading into this week one game against the Giants on Sunday Night Football. I'd like to go around the table, and each of you, I'd like you to give me what you think is the biggest storyline for the Cowboys heading into this game. Let's start with you, Patrick. 
can Dak Prescott continue his winning streak against the Giants? I ten think, and two. I think, yeah, he's up to 10 games now. He has not lost a game against the Giants since 2016, his rookie season. Uh, and if you talk to Dak Prescott uh, after those, after he defeated the Giants last year, he, he kind of alluded to using the, the two losses against the Giants uh, in an otherwise stellar rookie season as motivation to continue to, you know, beat up on them as much as possible. So uh, he's got the tools to do it, to say the least. Yesterday we talked about Deuce Vaughn, Brandon Cooks. You have versatility in Hunter Lemke and, you know, the tight end room and, and how tight ends usually dominate at MetLife Stadium for the Dallas Cowboys. So for me, the question mark is, as we try to find out if this Cowboys offense can match serve, um, can De- in doing so, can Dak Prescott extend a 10-game win streak to an 11-game win streak, which would give them a very nice leg up uh, going into or yeah, going into week one or week two, I should say, because they will have not only going to 1-0, but at the expense of a division rival. So I want to see if he can stretch 10 to 11. The big question for me going in will be, and I, I feel like is, has the offensive turnover at coaching on the coaching staff, is that going to make a difference? Are we going to initially see this offense, is it going to come out blazing or is it going to come out struggling? And I don't think it has anything to do with what's gone on in the preseason with playing the players or not playing the players. I think Mike McCarthy, again, him getting back on the horse is the primary play caller, but there's a lot of turnover. There was turnover at running back. There was turnover at quarterback coach. There was turnover on the offensive line. You know, here we are. The We're in the situation now. We're in the regular season. I know they had three preseason games to try and iron some things out, but things come fast and furious during the games. Is the coordination there with the offense? Is the play caller the OC, everybody on the same page in order to put these uh, offensive players in the best position to succeed. I feel like the defense will be ready to go. The questions I have will be the offensive staff. Can they come out of the gate with it blazing? I mean, I think uh, we're all on the same stop. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. I think we're all on the same page as far as that because we haven't seen this team come together and play a game just yet uh the question for me is is can this team be better than last year and everything we've seen at training camp for me in my opinion indicates that it very well can but we know how elusive or how training camp magic happens and you're not necessarily always seeing what you think you're seeing and then the season starts and then you start seeing okay these are the holes these are their weaknesses and all that so I think like Brian just presented just everything coming along I'm not necessarily scared or concerned about the Giants and we'll break them down and famous last words (laughs) but but historically speaking Mm -hmm. given the past years um the Giants haven't necessarily been a huge threat for the Cowboys. So on that aspect, that doesn't concern me so much. It concerns me, can they all come together as we think they can? So super excited. And Mike McCarthy, he's being very, very protective of Mm -hmm. this week and just covering everything and nobody's going to see anything. And this is top secret because no one has seen anything happen yet. So... Hopefully, he puts on a show this weekend. Yeah, it's interesting, uh, Brian. You mentioned the, uh, the all the turnover and all yeah. the change. And it does make me wonder, if we get into this game and the offense starts slow, 
I know you said you wouldn't blame too much on what happened in the preseason, but is it fair to say because there's been so much change and turnover, change to personnel, play call, or all those things, if it is a slow start for the offense, maybe the fact that they didn't play the preseason could be a, a, a reason why. You know, I, from my former background of being in player personnel, yeah. I disdained the games, the preseason games. At times, there were five games. If you played in the Hall of Fame yeah. game, yeah. you talk about holding your breath, sitting there watching games, mm-hmm. like, please get up, please get up, you know. And, and we saw what happened to Overshone. And, you know, and, and there's a, a primary piece of a, you know, a player that, even though he was a rookie, I had a plan for him. Mm-hmm. And I don't right now have a suitable backup for him. I don't think I do. But it, it's so hard for me. I understand. The reason why I'm taking the approach of I'm not, I don't really care about preseason football for your starters is the fact that I felt like there's not a better defense that they could have gone against. I'm talking about the offense. You know, there was a reason why maybe Mike McCarthy doesn't like to work against the Rams or the Chargers or Seattle. You know, I mean, he, he played the preseason games. He kind of figured out some things about some of his backup guys. I don't think we all knew that that uh, T.J. Bass could play as well as he did. But three preseason games, he earned his letter jacket. He played a ton of snaps, you know, with the way. And you learned about Awesome Richards along the way. You learned about Wanye Thomas along the way. I'm good with that. That that helps me going forward when I'm building my 53. But the fact that I got to work against, uh, I couldn't block Micah Parsons, you know, but I knew that was going to be a problem. But the times I did block Micah Parsons, hey, look, it was a positive play. I didn't. I, I just kind of feel like those Tuesday, Wednesday padded practices probably got them more work than eight to ten plays against Seattle or Jacksonville or the Raiders. That's kind of how I would rather take that scripted type of practices and get that work. I wasn't keeping up with anybody else's preseason, but just out of curiosity, do you guys know Kansas how many City, other teams? Andy Reid, Andy Reid, well, not withheld. Andy will play as guys. Yeah, no, but, but how but, many? Like, I'm just curious as to like how many other teams did the same as the Cowboys of just keeping their starters out. There's, there's few like the Rams are a team. I mean, there's coaches. Some of these young coaches, I know with Andy, Andy's the flip. Andy, you'll say, well, Andy, they won the Super Bowl. They play. But a lot of it has to do with the health of your team. You know, Zach Martin was not in camp for the majority of it, you know, until we got back to Dallas, basically. You know, if you're asking me to put Dak Prescott out there with the unknown offensive line just so he can get five, six, seven snaps, I, I don't find that yeah. very yeah, sensible. No, yeah. I don't, not at all. Not, you know, all I need is... All I need is awesome Richards to bust on a play and then Dak get hit. That part they do. Mm-hmm. You know, in a practice, they're not going to hit Dak. But in a game, they're going to light him up if they get the chance. We saw what happened to Tony Romo in a game in Seattle. You know, uh, Dak's, uh, fr- uh, I almost said freshman year, first year in the <laughs> league. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. that that those are the things that happen when you play guys. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. And I've been uh, an advocate for sitting these guys, these starters, for the entirety of the preseason for that reason. And and then uh, eloquently put by, by Broadus, when you talk about who they were going up against, who this offense was going up against daily in training camp, for me, the only scrimmage that you could have held that would have been an equivalent of what they were going up against in practice anyway would have been either against the 49ers, who would have had to have Nick Bosa 
and they didn't because he's holding out. Or the Philadelphia Eagles defense with the starters playing. If it's not one of those two, I had no interest in scrimmaging against those those kinds of uh, defenses because if you look at what we saw every single day in Oxnard, the level of competition for this offense in Trevon Diggs, Stephon Gilmore, Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, the list goes on and on, Malik Hooker, J. Ron Curse. What benefit would you have gained from playing them in a preseason game, the offense, I mean? Because the only thing that you're doing is risking them unnecessarily against defenses that aren't as good as the defense you're going to go practice against anyway. So I say all of that to say I was all out. And I'm glad that Mike McCarthy uh, and the staff chose to sit Dak Prescott for all of those reasons and the additional reason of Zach Martin wasn't there and Tyler Smith and Tyron Smith Smith are still working for chemistry. But then if you play Dak, you got to play Tyron. But then if you play Tyron, then you're risking Tyron Smith, who has had injury issues in the past every single year for nearly the past, you know, most of the past decade. It's just not worth it. So for those that are wondering, well, what if they come in and have rust? My question being contextually thinking – what would make you believe that they would have rust against a New York Giants defense that's not nearly as good as the Cowboys defense they went against, went against every single day? Well, I'll tell you this. I, I personally think both things can be true. I think there is a real possibility they get into this game and it doesn't flow as smoothly offensively to start the game and maybe even throughout the game. I think that's the nature of you've got a new play caller. You've got a lot of new parts. Um, I think that is very, very realistic. I also agree that you don't necessarily need to play your starters in the preseason. Because, by the way, you're not going to be doing all the things you're going to be doing in week one in the preseason. So it's not like you're really gaining an advantage because you're going to just run out there, do some vanilla stuff, and get your starters off the field. That's not really getting them ready to be able to operate at efficiency. So I think both things can be true. I do expect that the offense will probably get better as the season goes along because – Mike McCarthy will start figuring out a little bit yeah, more. Like, football. what am I doing? You're right. Well, I mean, what am I doing? My personnel. They're going to start figuring out more. We know what Mike likes to do in these situations, so it makes sense. Dak's going to have a little more autonomy this year, according to reports. If that's true, again, as season goes on, he will get better and he will get more depth, and the rest of the offense will know like Dak likes to do these things in these situations. So it's going to get better as the season goes mm-hmm. along. There's a real possibility it won't look great at the first in the first game because that's just the nature well, of football. Two years ago against Tampa, it looked great. Even though they couldn't run the ball, that's yeah. true. Dak yeah. lit them up. Yes, you know, did. Tampa was not. I mean, yeah, that was. But then last year, again, the rematch in Dallas, not Dak so and the offense did not look great. Right. So you're you're kind of caught in between. I only, I, I I I do agree with you about there's advantages and disadvantages of this, but to me, the the fact that I have a healthy offense going in well with the exception of what's happened with Tyler Smith Mm -hmm. but overall I'm pretty healthy going into this game uh and you know and so we'll see how that plays honestly I think more so than them playing or not during the preseason something that I think will be very beneficial and that was a really cool opportunity was just having Dak calling plays in that last game um against the Raiders right and just them working together because most of the time it was Mike McCarthy alongside with Dak next to him and that rarely ever happens so I think them working alongside going through plays okay letting Dak seeing what Dak would call in certain situations and just kind of getting the feel of more of that what he's thinking what the quarterback is thinking versus Mike McCarthy and then 
hopefully examining after, you know, getting back in the building and just going through things together. And I think that just it's a whole different perspective that I think was and can be very beneficial for their relationship and what the they can be doing in the offense. Yeah, year. Will Greer probably wishes he called plays all three games <laughs> instead of just the last one, you know, because Will Greer, you know, now the practice yeah. squad with the Bengals. And yeah. Will Greer looked the best he's looked all mm-hmm. camp in that final game against the Raiders. Yep. All right, we're going to take our first break. We will come back. And we'll get into the scouts notebook. Brian's going to break down the Dallas offense versus the Giants defense. We'll do, we'll do that when we come back. DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Hey, honey, can we talk? Of course. What's up? Well, I just thought you should know. I've been curious about the new Dr. Pepper strawberries and cream. (gasps) Have you felt this way a long time? No, I just think I'd really like the taste of Dr. Pepper swirled with layers of flavor. If you feel that way, I think you should try it, babe. It's amazing. I mean, you're amazing, too. (laughs) New Dr. Pepper Strawberries and Cream, the new flavor you deserve. Want to use the Cowboys locker room's favorite products? Check out the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites, plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word cowboys. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping. Hey, Cowboys fans, ready to spice up your next watch party? Bring Yokiero guacamole and be the game day hero. Yokiero means I want, and we know you want, great, fresh-tasting, ready-to-serve guacamole for your home-gating and tailgating events. Made with real avocados and the perfect blend of spices, it will be the star of any party. You can find us at your local Albertsons or Tom Thumb in the deli section. If you can't find it, talk to your store manager and tell them, Yokiero, Yokiero guacamole. Back to the break. Rally Days presented by SeatGeek give fans, NFL fans, the an experience of a lifetime the day prior to the Dallas Cowboys home games on September 16th. Enjoy activities at Miller Lighthouse. Get behind the scenes tour of AT&T Stadium and more. Visit ATTStadium.com slash rally days for more information to get your tickets today. Welcome back to the second segment of the break. We are live from SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star, presented by blockchain.com. Ding. Ding. There we go. <laughs> He's All dealing right. with a lot of things in that room, I think. Yeah, I, think you th- the, I threw him off because I threw blockchain in at the beginning. Yeah. So he's like, you're giving some He's also working with the lighting. To yeah. Yeah, and the sure presser still yeah, going. That's true. All right. At, speaking of the presser, we did get a quick update on some of the injury issues. Uh, Patrick, what are we hearing? We did. So Donovan Wilson, neither Donovan Wilson nor Tyler Smith nor Sam Williams will participate yeah. in practice today. All three of them will be off to the side with the rehab group with Britt Brown. Uh, Mike McCarthy did say that the hope is to ramp all three of them up to to get in some practices at some point this week. So that's where we are on all three of those players. So basically, we don't know much more than we knew before. We'll that just is keep correct. an eye out. 
and uh, see how they progress throughout the week heading into the game. Brian, let's get to the scouts notebook. Let's talk Cowboys offense versus Giants defense. Yeah, this one will be an interesting matchup just for the the fact that the skill players that the uh, that the uh, the Giants have will be a little bit different than what we've seen in the past. Uh, going with rookie. Uh, cornerbacks at a couple of different spots for mm-hmm. them. They, if you if you want to, everybody knows about the Giants is that you're going to have to deal with their front. But I'll come back to that. I want to focus a little bit on uh, Deontay Banks and and then Trey Hawkins. Those are two rookie corners. Uh, Banks was selected in the first round out of uh, Maryland, and Hawkins was selected in the sixth round out of Old Dominion. Now. Adoree Jackson will be the starter uh, opposite Banks, but when they go to nickel, so when the Cowboys get an 11 personnel, <laughs> that means, and you're going to see that probably a, a lot, lot. Yeah. yeah, Adoree Jackson will kick inside, Banks will play one corner and Hawkins the other. Okay, let me tell you a little bit about uh, what we got with these two rookie corners is – with Banks, this guy has got ideal size. He's got the, a physical side to his game. And I, I know why the Giants did what they did. With Wink Martindale, the defensive coordinator, he is big about this. And when it comes to his ability to pressure, he turns into man-to-man coverage situations mm. is what he does. So Banks is a press man corner. And then also, to Hawkins is a press man corner. So both these guys are kind of sturdy, long guys. And, you know, not afraid to kind of mix it up at the line of scrimmage. So he's going to play man on the outside, and he's going to, that way he could bring his pressure packages in this football game. Can but, they run? Yeah, they can. They can. Both of these guys can run a little bit. So we'll see if Dallas can, if Dallas can find ways. Uh, now, the, the thing with Hawkins is that when you watch him play, he has troubles when routes break inside on him. So keep an eye on how they, they attack him. Both these corners, believe it or not, have problems when you go back shoulder on them. They don't cover it. They kind of get with you. But both guys have struggled with – I was talking with a scout that watched their, their practice against uh, the Detroit Lions, and the Lions kind of ate him up on some back shoulder stuff. So keep an eye on, on that. So, But with Hawkins, again, young guy, got some length. Banks, he's got some. Both these guys will tackle. Both these guys want to be physical in in the way that they play. So, and then Adoree Jackson is a guy that in the slot, he's comfortable playing that role where he can kind of carry guys all up and down the field, all inside and stuff. So, again, young group on the outside, and they're going to probably have their moments where they're going to struggle a little bit, but both are going to probably play press man. Dallas is going to have to win on the line of scrimmage. Okay, up front now you're dealing with with you know, with with Dexter Lawrence. I think mm. Dexter Lawrence is the biggest problem here. 340 pound type of a player. You know he had seven and a half sacks last year. Okay, 28 quarterback hits, seven tackles for loss. He on the on the two games against Dallas, he had the five tackles when one quarterback hit. Dallas did a pretty good job of handling him. Another guy you kind of need to keep an eye on, though. I know everybody talks about uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, and his first start against the Cowboys was in Week Three. He did nothing. In Week Twelve, he had five quarterback hits. So his game got better as the season wore along for him. Aziz Ojolari they is flip the, him around? Yeah, Does they move him around. around. They move him around. Yeah, Aziz Ojolari is the one guy that that I think that you need to also keep an, a close eye on. This guy had five and a half sacks in seven games. 
Okay. So every time you're thinking about dealing with Thibodeau, you got Ojolari. Now, again, you're going to have to deal with that. But the power that they play with inside with Lawrence and then the outside pressure they get from Ojolari and Thibodeau will be a little bit of a factor there. And the young corners. How can you take advantage of the young corners on the outside? Two rookie guys, veteran inside on the nickel, though. Again, struggle with some inside breaking routes, going to play man coverage, maybe some back shoulder throws might be in the in the cards for the Cowboys this week. What I love about that is that exactly hits on my biggest matchup as far as once I was look, dissecting the excuse me the uh, the Giants defense and looking for weaknesses and their their defensive front is one of the stronger ones as are as it goes in the NFC East right now Commanders Eagles Giants that's what the Cowboys are up against but if the Cowboys can protect up front and and really execute as far as getting the ball out quickly which we believe they will do via the Texas Coast offense then these young corners I mean you've got to test them and you got to test them often I love the fact that Brian said that you know they struggle a bit when it comes to back shoulder well guess what we saw him uh in Oxnard, that Dak Prescott has become kind of lethal with that back shoulder, right? Via CeeDee Lamb, Brandon Cooks. So I think that's something to exploit there. But I hearken back to, you know, seeing what Aaron Rodgers was able to do against a young guy in Kelvin Joseph, seeing what Trevor Lawrence and um, Peterson were able to do against a young guy in Kelvin Joseph. This is what the Cowboys need to do. Look at the, both of those young corners and say, we know that you have some ability. But number one, here's the psychological game. Because when they line up, they're lining up. Coming from, not, I mean, not Power Five schools, Maryland, yeah. Old Dominion. No knock to those schools, but it's a different level. Okay, you saw Jalen Tolbert struggle with that. They're going to be prime time, week one against the Dallas Cowboys, lining up against Cooks, Lamb, Gallup. Sometimes, is it going to be? Is the moment too big for these young guys? Maybe, maybe not. Find out. Yeah. Test them early. Try to rattle them. Get in their nerves. Get in their head. And I think that's something that Mike McCarthy and Brian Schottenheimer are very capable of doing. And they have the the talent on the offensive side of the ball to do it. So for me, as long as you can get the ball out quickly, which will help neutralize guys like Dexter Lawrence, my former dog, Aziz Ojolari, some of these other guys, Leonard Williams then you can really take advantage of those young guys. Because, yes, Adoree Jackson's going to be on the field, but primarily when they're in the nickel set. Yeah. Put these young guys to the grinder, like talk, seriously. Talk to me about their ability. I'm talking specifically about the Cowboys wide receivers, that group you just mentioned, about their ability to get off press. Uh, because that obviously is something that Giants are going to want to do. And uh, and they yeah. got long guys. And typically when you got long guys, especially when you're trying to get the ball out quick, they have ability to be able to, if they got good ability, yeah. they can get you off the line of scrimmage, throw off your timing, and then because they're long, if it's a slant route, they can get that hand in there. Like they have yeah. the ability to be able to cover those kinds of routes. What do we see from these from the Cowboys receivers with regards to getting off the press? Well, what we've noticed in the practices in Oxnard is that what's the one thing that, that McCarthy and Schottenheimer are trying to create for Dak? Separation. Mm-hmm. Separation because they understand that some of the things that he's had to deal with with the turnovers have dealt with some contested throws or not finishing routes and things like that. So to me, when you start to talk about route combinations that I would run against, I would I would drag these kids through traffic is mm-hmm. what I would do. Okay. And we saw that a little bit in Oxnard with the crossing routes, the underneath stuff, the CD Lamb. You know, with the old the old administration, it was more run routes and then kind of get to a spot. 
Here you got the Cowboys with when you talk about Cooks and Lamb and guys, these guys play better on the move. Gallup is a little bit more of a vertical player, but if you could run, if you run receivers through trash, and especially if they're going to play man coverage, you know the way that Wink Martindale wants to attack you with the blitz, then you have to be then then you have to put them to task that if you run them through and all of a sudden you've got. Uh, say you got Ferguson, and now you got picks. You're creating these opportunities. They're going to try and create a lot of separation. I think that's where the Cowboys could definitely uh, do some good in this football game because these young kids, yeah, they play well in man. But like I mentioned with, with Hawkins, he tends to have a little bit of a problem when you run him inside. Mm-hmm. He, it's like in that trail, and like the eyes turn into, oh, I'm running through the forest here right now, and then you lose track. But that gives Dak a little bit easier of a throw. I think that's the whole thing with the Cowboy offense this year. How can you give Dak those easier throws and these receivers have the ability to play on the move? Separation. Uh, that's the word. That's the word. That's something that the Cowboys receivers struggled with last year. Yep. Um, that's something that the Cowboys— Maybe a little bit to do with scheme. It, uh, that as well. So yeah. you got McCarthy's calling the plays now in coordination with Schottenheimer and Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott's going to have uh, a lot of feedback in that as well. And you have the you have the skill set. You have Cooks. You have Tobit ready to take the leap. <laughs> Gallup looking for a bounce back. Uh, CD has now ascended to the role of WR1. So separation is now a thing in Dallas, and that's exciting. I think it goes along, sorry, with like confidence. Looking back at where they were. Like people wearing sunglasses, confidence. Okay, listen, my eyes are sensitive. It's very bright in here. I'm not trying to act cool. So just for. Okay. I thought we we were are cool. I thought we were in an NBA game today. No, 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 no. Do go on, Mariah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go on. <laughs> no, I don't know what the heck I was saying. <laughs> Confidence. Confidence. There, there we go. Okay. Let's go back. Confidence. <laughs> I think this team, looking at where we're at right now and looking at where they were at this same time of the, like, around last year, it looks very different. You look at what happened at training camp. I mean, they talk about the receivers. These receivers have speed. Mm-hmm. Everyone seems to be on the same page. They are. They just have better chemistry with Dak, and it's just as opposed to last year. We were wondering, okay, who's gonna be the guy? There were a lot of questions in the wide receiver group still, even wondering can C.D. Lamb really be the number one guy for the Cowboys? And this year, I think you're more set. You know what you got, and there's a lot more confidence in the aspect of okay, everyone knows who can do what. Everyone is on the same page. They've been practicing. They've been connecting a lot. And at the same time, um, this, if it goes well, which I I have a feeling that it will, and you talk about these young uh, corners, it should be a really, really good matchup for the Cowboys. And them being successful in this game, in the passing game like that, should give them a really good boost of confidence to start the year right and then trying to face Aaron Rodgers week two here at AT AT&T Stadium. Protection about this game because if you're going to run if you're going to try and separate on routes and crossing routes and stuff like that man it it has to be you cannot let Dexter Lawrence and Ojolari and and Thibodeau just wreck shop up front can would this be a more of a running game or passing game or just a i think it's going to be well I, I, if you if like patrick was talking about, i think if you could protect i think you can make some plays to yep. me i'm not i don't know if i really want to challenge inside with lawrence and then now even though uh with martin and then also steal on that right side and throw in a better blocking ferguson and then what we get from schoonmaker as a blocker 
I think you know there, there's some there's some opportunities, but again, I think it's going to be more when it's at. I, I think it's going to be more when you're talking about going at Thibodeau because he wants to get up the field so much. So if you could find a way to widen him and then attack that that gap that he's uh, that he's on the outside in, I, I think that's your best bet. I, I'm not Lawrence and. And those guys inside, and you know, I, I just think it's a it's a difficult ask to sit there and have to move those guys all day. I think you'll have, like Brian said, I think you'll have opportunities to run, especially with you know a guy like Zach Martin on the field. Yeah. Um, and if Tyler Smith does take the field, then you have that power inside as well. Tyler Biadish looks like he's taking another step yeah. over his Pro Bowl season last year. So you'll have opportunities it, to run. I think you uh, need to attack this Giants team in space and on the outside. And right. That's how you're going to neutralize those pass rushers. That's also going to set you up for uh, plays down the field because now those safeties, they're going to start cheating forward. They're going to have their eyes forward because they're getting attacked at the second level more so than anything. Mm -hmm. That's when you tell Michael Gallup or Brandon Cooks or CeeDee Lamb, go. And then it gets past them. It's over the top, yeah. and that's a big play. We're, so now yeah. they have to start playing back a little bit. So guess what? There's the yo-yo. It opens up the underneath again. So I think all of it plays into the next thing. But for me, the primary goal would be to attack outside, in space, at the first and second level, and then let everything else open up because of that. Yeah, if you go back and watch the Thanksgiving Day game, they were able to hit some plays on the edge. Mm -hmm. Pollard's quickness was a problem yeah. for the Giants yeah. when he hit the hole and he was able to second level that thing. That's where they were able to make some good. All right, let's take our final break. We'll come back. I got some questions for these guys about this matchup. One of the questions I'm going to have for you guys, I'm going to give you four names. I'm going to have you rank them in order of how important they are to the Cowboys' offensive success this particular week. Tony Pollard, C.D. Lamb, Jake Ferguson, and Brandon Cooks. We'll talk about that when we come back. DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Don't put off getting your oil changed, Dallas. Take 5 Oil Change. A proud partner of the Cowboys is faster than you think. There's no appointment needed and no waiting room. Yep, you heard that correctly. Take 5 is so fast, you don't even have to get out of your car. You can take advantage of Take 5's fast, friendly, and simple service at any of their locations across the Dallas area. And remember, at Take 5, you stay in your car because they're faster than you think. Take 5, the official oil change of the Dallas Cowboys. It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites and a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the playmaker at getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code Cowboys. VIP. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code COWBOYSVIP. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you.
to the break. Do you eat, sleep? Man, I was getting kind of thrown off there, Beam. Help me out a little bit. Do you eat, sleep, breathe Dallas Cowboys football? Tell us how you spice up the game for a chance to be named the 2023 Cowboys Fan of the Year presented by Captain Morgan and win exclusive prizes plus a trip to Super Bowl 58. Nominate yourself or another today at DallasCowboys.com slash Fan of the Year. Welcome back. Final segment of the break. We're live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. As I, pre- as I said before uh, the, the break, question I have for you guys right now is I want you to rank these four players in order. They're offensive skill players, and I want you to rank them in order of how important they are to the Cowboys' offensive success, particularly the, particularly this week against this team and the matchups that we just finished talking about. We're talking about Tony Pollard, CeeDee Lamb, Jake Ferguson, Brandon Cooks. Let's put them in order. Brian, you're up first. One more time, because I was answering a text message. <laughs> Tony Pollard. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm doing like eight things I right know, now. I know, I get it. Tony Pollard, C.D. Lamb, Jake, Fer- Jake Ferguson, Brandon Cooks. As far as, okay, C.D. Lamb, Cooks, the other two again? Uh, Ferguson and Pollard. Pollard, Ferguson. So what was your word again? Lamb. <laughs> Lamb, Cooks, Cooks, Pollard, Ferguson. Explain. I feel like you're going to have to find. We just went through this whole thing with the Giants on the, you know, with the with what's going on at their corner situation with the two rookies. I think you have to take advantage of that. Uh, then, when if you could take advantage of that, then you're going to be able to need to run the ball a little bit. You can't just totally go into a passing game. They're going to talk about balance. I think Pollard, in that point, his ability to pop some runs, you know, get you some positive yards, kind of stay ahead of the change. I think is always a good thing for the play caller to deal with. And then Ferguson, I think, is kind of the wildcat player in this thing, in a way, or the wild card. Excuse me, the the kind of player where. Okay, boots, waggles, ball to the outside, maybe him on the drags and stuff like that. Maybe that's two or three first downs in a game mm-hmm. with him. So if he has five catches, three first downs, I think that's kind of uh, – but you got to win on the outside, run the ball a little bit, and then two or three first downs from my tight end. Amber? I think for me I would go Cooks, CD, Ferguson, and then Pollard. I think um, – I mean, I love everything that CD has shown so far, but I cannot go with Cook as Cooks as number one right now because of I've loved every single thing I've seen from him. And when you talk about these uh, young cor- corners and the speed and the ability that Cooks has, not that CD doesn't because he does, but it's just something fresh. And I think he's he's been having great chemistry with Dak and it's going to be this game to me right now the way I see it it'll be relying more on the passing game Ferguson I mentioned before uh, yesterday how for some reason every game against the Giants tight ends tend to do very well so I can see a game where he has a good game too um, in the passing game and then Pollard I still the running game I, I, I still have questions I I'm not 100% sure. There is a lot of talent there, but also what's happening with the O-line right now, questions there. Are they going to be able... I don't want to sound like I'm lacking confidence to start the season with the O-line because you still have veteran guys. They are very well experienced, but there are still some question marks uh, for me as far as the running game. For me, I'm going to go Lamb Cooks. Pollard Ferguson. 
Uh, and my reasoning is, and, and I love, and we all love everything Brandon Cooks has put in front of us in training camp. I mean, you can't help but love it. Uh, and I feel that he's going to want to hit the ground running. Cowboys are going to want him to hit the ground running. They're going to try to take advantage of these young corners like we talked about. So between Cooks and Lamb, you're going to see uh, a lot of targets. I just think Lamb is walking with a different level of swagger than we've seen him uh, in his young NFL career. I mean, he just he looks every bit the part. Talk about confidence. His confidence right now is absolutely bulletproof. Mm-hmm. It is the exact opposite nearly of what we saw going into the beginning of last year when he was trying to figure out and navigate being the top wide receiver and there was maybe some self-doubt that crept in can I do this but now he's walking in like I'm the man I am absolutely him so I think that he wants to prove that and he's going to play off of any success that Brandon Cooks has as well so I think Lamb is going to be the top pro or or the, the biggest impact player for the offense then Cooks which is right there. It's like a 1A, 1B equation. Uh, I struggle between Ferguson and Pollard only because, to Ambar's point, tight ends typically wreck the New York Giants uh, if you're in a Cowboys uniform. So I think that Ferguson, uh, which also goes to Brian's point, he'll have some key third-down conversions. He'll have some key plays uh, in the middle of the field that's going to help Lamb and Cooks keep things operating on the outside. But I think once you establish Lamb and Cooks, you're going you're gonna to hit Tony Pollard. Like Tony Pollard's going to give you that pop, going yeah. to give you that big play here or there. And that also goes to the running back group as a whole, Deuce Vaughn, Rico Dowdle. So I think that as far as impact goes, Ferguson, he could walk away with a, you know, a day where it was 50 yards receiving. But if you look at yeah. the catches, it was, you know, four catches, 50 yards, but three of those were third down conversions. But right. then in all in all, when you go back and look at how the game flow went, I think Pollard will have had a bigger impact than Ferguson. So that's that's my lineup. One of the better, real quick, one of the better two-point plays they practiced with at camp involved Ferguson when they drove Cooks inside mm-hmm. yeah. and like picked, and then Ferguson just released. So stuff down on the goal line when you start, and you know, we, we're you're going to have to replace that ability to hammer the ball in there, like when you had with when you had with Ezekiel Elliott. So maybe it comes to be a little bit more deceptive, and maybe that's where Ferguson also, one of those five catches, is something a little creative in that time. One thing I will say, I, I kind of agree with Amber on the, the order of Cooks and, uh, and, and, uh, and Lamb. Taking Cooks first, the reason why I say that is because I do think that <clears throat> teams will go into this year thinking, okay, the, the one player, I think, that they'll look at, or if you want to even play two players, Pollard, and Lamb are the two players that opposing defenses, at least at the early part of this season, are going to say, if you're playing the Cowboys offense, those are the players you need to be concerned with. I think it is incumbent upon Cooks and McCarthy early in the season to force teams to recognize that Cooks can beat you deep. Yeah. And he can do it regularly if you let him. He can also beat you on crossing routes. And he can turn into yeah. a 40-yard touchdown. Right? I think that's where it changes the whole dynamic and makes this offense really go. So I put Cooks maybe as the most important offensive player, at least in the week one, for me, because I think it changes how defenses going forward will have to respect the the Cowboys' offense. I think what we saw last year in that final game against San Francisco, they basically said, we're going to take Lamb away. Who, you, who yeah. else you got? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and I think they have to for- – that's why the Cowboys went out and got Cooks. Right. they got to force opponents to realize – Cooks is a problem, and so you can choose which which one you want, but if you're going to devote a lot of extra attention to Lamb, 
we got a guy that's going to that, really kill you on the other side. You know, it's funny. Lamb had that. He was not very good the first half of the game that was played at the Meadowlands. And then in the second half, he just ate the Giants yeah. up. He took over that third quarter, I believe. And that was his coming out part. That, was, was, that was when all of a sudden. So if you could get something like that, you know, start right off the jump. And then, like you said, get Cooks down the field. I think uh, it's five really good names to to think about that have to I think have to play well. The Giants' defense just doesn't have the personnel to match up man to man against the Cowboys' offensive personnel. That's just the bottom line. Yeah. Um, so if you can protect up front, you so you're can, not buying these rookies. I'm, I'm not buying these rookies. And again, Banks is a Banks is a good player. Yeah, I mean, Banks, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, I was say is this, isn't, this isn't me saying that these guys don't belong in the league. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying they're trash. I'm not. Yeah. That's not what I'm saying. I'm but saying, go ahead and say it if you want. You know? <laughs> I'm not trying to put know, words in your hey, mouth. I, 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 made, I, I made I people do in it. San Francisco mad one time. I won't do it because do it. That, that will make me no different than the engagement farmers. Uh, so objectively <laughs> speaking, yeah, I don't want to be a shady guy. So uh, objectively speaking, these guys have skill sets, mm-hmm. uh, those two rookies. They have skill sets. But their skill set right now is nowhere near as developed to the point where you can look at them and look at who they're matching up against, be it Lamb, Gallup, uh, Cooks, maybe Cavante Turpin, whatever the case may be, and objectively sit back and say, that's a matchup that works in the Giants' favor. It absolutely does not work in the Giants' favor. So attack those young guys. See if the moment is too big for them. See if the lights are too bright. Because I promise you, the first big play that one of those young guys gives up, they're going to try start sinking into themselves a little bit. And then you can snowball that impact and then really have a field day against that particular guy or both of those guys, which then makes the day that much harder for those safeties back there. Because if, if your corners are struggling, your safeties are in for a long afternoon. But it starts with protecting up front. All right. Appreciate you guys. Join us. We're back tomorrow. We're going to get into the Cowboys defense versus the Giants offense. Till then, for Patrick Walker, Brian Broaddus, Amber Garcia, I am Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break. Live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!